Welcome to the Night Rider Online Podcast. Fuzzy Dice here. This podcast, I'm going to have some episode reviews of Night of the Living Dead and the episode I Want to Rock and Roll All Night. We also have some more information on Car that I'm going to be really excited to tell you about. And there's going to be a Night Rider cast shakeup coming up. We also have more real life Night Industries technology to tell you about. And the Hoff has his own video game. This will be interesting. Night of the Living Dead. I would like to tell you that this episode, I really loved it. In this episode, an imposter comes along and he kills a technician in the main computer room. Can you say red shirt? If anybody who's watched Star Trek, he'll know what I mean. But anyways... Whoever did this is out to steal Kit's programming. So in the light of Halloween trick-or-treat, they trick, get that, everyone into getting Kit to download his programming database. And they set Kit's self-destruct sequence to accomplish that, figuring that if he's about to die, they better hurry up and download his programming so they can save him. Meanwhile, Kit is on a plane in a severe thunderstorm with Mike and Sarah. And they're the only ones who can help Kit from self-destructing. So back in the SSC, the team is trying to find the murderer. And they thought at first it was Carrie Revai. But later, they find the imposter is actually someone altered to look and sound like Zoe. What's interesting is some of the device that was used. Like, Billy was using this device that takes sound waves from the past, like in the mainframe computer room, to see what people were saying after it happened. Kind of reminded me of these EVP detectors that some ghost hunters use to try to listen to ghosts or past conversations. I'm not sure how it works in real life, though. But interestingly, as with any technology, in this episode, apparently the um, imposter faked conversations and stuff, which led to them thinking that Carrie was the culprit. There was a lot of character development in this episode. I think it worked out really well. Even Kit was showing more signs of sentience. He starts to wonder if his friends are deceiving him when he learns that there's a backdoor program programmed into him. Then, when he finds out that he might not last any longer, he wants to review his past memories, sort of like your life flashing before your eyes in your last moment kind of thing. Well, his most favorite memories turns out to be all about Mike and Sarah. And interestingly, and I thought this really was uh, showing more of Kit's personality here and how he relates to Mike, he ends his um, memory review with him mentioning the friendship that he shares between Mike and himself. We also see a mention of Carr, which I'm really excited about, but um, we'll be talking, I'm going to talk a little more about that later in the podcast, but Carr isn't nothing like what we knew from the original series. Uh, apparently, he's quite different, sort of like a cyborg robot transformer type of thing. But in this episode, someone seems to be out after Kit's programming, and there's this assumption that they might want it for Carr. What also got me is while Mike was reviewing the schematics and stuff that Kit was showing him on Carr, Mike seemed to vaguely recall seeing Carr somewhere before. So, got me wondering could it be something to do with. Uh, Mike's memory loss. Maybe they were using him for something that's related to Carr. I don't even want to guess yet, but we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, also in this episode, there's a lot of humor in it, especially how they were celebrating Halloween. 
Uh, it starts off with Mike pulling a prank on the SSC team. And uh, at the end, I mean, he was, he, the way he was laughing, it just made you want to laugh yourself. I mean, it was really cute. And I thought it was, another thing I thought was cute, Lisa and Katie dressed up as Pixar lamps. <laughs> I mean, it was so funny. Then when they find out that somebody didn't like the way their costumes look, that they didn't look like the Pixar lamps, you could see their light shades just kind of drooping over. <laughs> it was just so cute. I like the way they did that. Then there was the Adams Family hand that roamed around Billy's terminal, and Billy's reaction was a classic. I mean, this episode was not without its humor. Um, then Charles and I think it was Zoe that left the SSC and the Billy quote of the week here. He goes something like, hey, wait, don't forget your appendage. <laughs> it was funny. And then even Kit, he was dressed up, even on the plane. He dressed up and transformed into a Mustang with pink stripes, you know, pink stripes on the hood and the pink stripe along the bottom. And there's some pink around his wheels. Um, actually, he was dressed up as a warrior in pink in honor of the Breast Cancer Awareness Month, which was actually in October. I'm hearing that there was a Mustang similarly decked out the way Kit was that was also given away as part of the Warriors in Pink promotion. So that was really cool. Overall, I think the show was fantastic. It had all the right ingredients. It was suspenseful. It had the plot line twists, the possibility of an ongoing story, especially with Carr. I loved it. In fact, I even went on iTunes and purchased the episode so I can watch it over and over. But you can see it on Hulu for free, too, if you want. Unfortunately, for some reason, it wasn't actually highly rated. It only got 5.1 million viewers. It was fifth amongst the 18 to 49 age group. Uh, maybe it was due to being right after the historical election day or being a Halloween episode that aired after Halloween due to a political presentation postponing it. I don't know, but it, it also did have competition from established shows such as Bones and Dancing with the Stars. Well, now NBC is rebranding Wednesdays for crime drama, so Knight Rider might have a better chance, hopefully. Uh, NBC removed Lipstick Jungle and Deal or No Deal, and they replaced them with Law and Order and Life. Hopefully those who want to watch those shows may tune in and get to see Knight Rider. But I think things are looking up. I, I definitely liked Night of the Living Dead. It was really, I think, the best episode they've done yet. The episode, I Want to Rock and Roll All Night, I wasn't really too crazy about it. And that's not because they didn't play any Kiss tunes during the whole episode. Um, actually, the episode was about a young couple sort of a Bonnie and Clyde type of thing, that um, they go and try to expose things that they thought were wrong with the system, and they post it on the internet. Um, and the girl, she was actually a congressman's daughter. And what they ended up doing, she steals the files from the SSC, and they kidnap Carrie Revi. Uh, the night research crew fear that they'll take the SSC and night research and everything, all their information, and put that on the internet. You know, the whole plot was... I don't know, felt kind of weak. The subplot in it was too steamy. In fact, actually, I think the whole night was, I mean, even the commercials. Then again, by the time I sat down to Night Rider, I wasn't exactly in a good mood. Uh, on a personal note, my car, Susie, I went to get into her this morning and turn the key, and she just wouldn't start. 
two-month-old battery dead. So I had to have her towed to the garage for repairs. And I fear the worst. I'm afraid it's the alternator. So then by the time I sat down to watch Knight Rider, I wasn't really in a great mood. So I don't know. But then again, I think the show could have, as far as the plot line and stuff, I think it could have had a little more oomph into it. One thing I noticed, though, in the SSC at the beginning, you could see Kit's license plate on the back. It says KR on plain white. Then when they go to the plastics plant on the stakeout, you see his back license plate. It says night. So there's a little inconsistency there. But there was an ode to the original series and that they were in the plastic plant and Mike had the bomb. There wasn't no time. So Kit instructs them to throw it out in the alley. Kit goes and drives over the bomb and the bomb goes off under Kit. And Mike goes to check on Kit and Kit's fine. So it's kind of like the original series where Kit would... Uh, cover up things like bombs and fire and stuff to protect people. So it was pretty neat that they showed how tough Kit can get. But uh, this Bonnie and Clyde duo, they tried to steal Kit at the end. And Kit gives Carrie Revai a uh, secret code. She holds her breath and Kit gasses the two. So it was kind of like, that's how it ended? Okay. But get this, you find out at the very end that the Congress doubles Knight Research's funding and the congressman's daughter goes free. I mean, think about it. She saved her own father, used his cell phone to store the um, Knight Research files. It just seems too corrupt compared to the original series flag. I mean, sure, they weren't angels either, but I mean, they weren't that bad. Well, they wanted to get a little darker, they did, but I think that was a little too overboard for something like what we're used to Kit defending. That's the kind of stuff that Kit would fight against, you know, Michael and Kit would be fight, fighting against. So, I don't know, I wasn't really too crazy about the episode. The, the story wasn't as engaging as, as Night of the Living Deadwoods. Now, that was great, the way they wrote it, but this one was a little more weaker, I think. Oh, by the way. Knight Rider was filming in Turtle Bay Resort in Hawaii. Um, apparently only Justin and Deanna were there. Uh, they were filming a scene where Mike was helping Sarah get over an emotional event of some kind. Um, no Kit was spotted during the filming. Apparently Kit would stay in mainland. So I don't know. I mean, they might not have Kit in the episode at all. I don't know. If not, I think it might end up with them being another episode like I Want to Rock and Roll All Night. Uh, hopefully not, but we're just going to have to wait and see on that one. We have a problem. Okay, you're probably thinking, I can't wait to tell you this, and you're right. I can't wait to tell you this. People that know me from the Knight Rider Online forums already know I'm a big fan of car. And we saw in the Night in the Living Dead that cars returning, which I was ecstatic to hear. This uh, car, he's quite a bit different from the original. In fact, he's totally different from the original. He isn't even a car. He's some kind of a robot thing and more like a transformer or something. But they did show during the schematics that Kit was showing Michael, they did show a Mustang in there. So, you know, it, this kind of leaves open a lot of questions. Um, maybe the car transforms into a robot. Who knows? We don't even know the connection of this thing to the original car, if there is any. Kit tells us in the episode that the acronym CAR stands for Night Auto Cybernetic Roving Robot Exoskeleton. And that CAR was more of a cyborg, meaning he's part human, part machine. Now, an exoskeleton, for those that don't know, is sort of like a robotic suit. 
Of course, then again, you might know if you've seen Iron Man, for example, something like that. Interestingly, there's actually this type of technology being uh, developed. I remember quite a long time ago a uh, story about the military making an exoskeleton that a soldier could wear and he'd be able to lift heavier things than he would normally be able to do. What it was is microcomputers would uh, help the exoskeleton move based on how the soldier would move his arms or his legs and the computers would move stuff for him. And Honda has a walking robot at uh, world.honda.com slash walking dash assist. Actually, it's not a robot. It's an exoskeleton. But for the lower body, it helps people with weak legs to walk. And they're testing it in some of Honda's factories. So we do have some of that technology, but not to the extent that they're portraying CAR to have. Because apparently CAR's a program for self-preservation. Now you're thinking, well, so was the original. Would they, wouldn't they have learned by now? Well, actually, I can see why they would program an exoskeleton with self-preservation so that they could uh, protect the person that's wearing this device. Uh, so that would be logical. But um, it gives you the idea that Carr probably can't think or decide like Kit does because all he's doing is processing the movements of the person that's using it, the wearer. The assumption in Night of the Living Dead was somebody was trying to steal Kit's programming and that it might be used for Carr, maybe to make him a complete robot without needing a human operator. But when they mentioned Carr was self-programming, I assumed that meant an artificial intelligence, so why would they need Kit's programming for Carr if he could think on his own? And they did mention that Carr killed seven people. So there's a lot of questions that remain on this, and I guess we'll learn more as the series goes on. But I do hope that they bring Peter Cullen in to voice Carr if they're going to have Carr talking. I mean, think about it. Peter Cullen voiced the first Carr in the first season of the original series, Trust Doesn't Rust. And he also voices the Transformers Autobot leader, Optimus Prime. So, I mean, if they're going to make Carr into a Transformer, and also it would be an ode to the original series, I think Peter Cullen would fit perfectly. I did like Paul Freese's work in um, Kit vs. Carr in the third season of the original series. But unfortunately, Paul Freese isn't with us anymore. So I think Peter Cullen would be great to reprise his role. So I, I do hope they'll at least ask him. We'll see. Um, let me give me a little history about Carr. Tell you a little bit about Carr, and I'm going to tell you about how he started out. Now, keep in mind, some of the stuff you're going to say, well, I didn't see that in the episode. So I'm actually going to get some of this information I'm going to tell you about. It's coming from the Knight Rider novel, Trust Doesn't Rust, which I read. It's a pretty good novel. So what happened was Wilton Knight had a dream about an autonomous car. A robotic car. So he started, he actually built CAR first. And CAR stood for Knight Automated Roving Robot. That was Wilton Knight's from the original uh, storyline here. According to the book, he demonstrated CAR to the military. And CAR was going through his uh, obstacle course, but he was programmed for self preservation and he didn't stop for anything. And apparently he killed somebody or something happened that Wilton Knight had to deactivate him. Well, Tanya Walker, which Michael Knight had to uh, deal with, and she shot Michael Long, which became Michael Knight. But anyways, it was her crew, her bunch, that were going after Knight Industries' secrets. So Wilton Knight, in haste, had to move, apparently, according to Devon, 
he had to move operations and Carr got left in a lab that they deserted, which later on we find in Trust Doesn't Rust that the city was taking over. Devin didn't know that Carr wasn't dismantled. He thought that Carr was just deactivated. And of course, Wilton Knight had passed on, so he didn't know what happened to Carr. He assumed it was gone. Well, before the city could take over the old outdated museum that Carr was being housed in was a former lab where Carr was deactivated. These two drunk guys, they get in to try to steal stuff to sell. Well, they're trying to turn on the light and there was a power surge shortage, whatever, and it happened to power up the lab that Carr was in, which he happened to be still disconnected. He activates, scares the willies out of these two drunks, and they make off with Carr somehow. I don't know how, but you see Carr and the two drunks and so the two drunk guys, they're thinking, wow, this is a super car. They're going to use it to steal from banks and stuff, which they do. Well, then Carr tells them he's got problems. They kidnap Bonnie to try and fix him. That's where Bonnie finds out that they're going to hit a big jewelry display. Toward the end, Carr ends up jettisoning the thief and the jewels because self-preservation. He wants to get out of there. Kit's coming from one end. The cop's coming from another. Bonnie's shooting at him with lasers inside a kit. So Carr turbo boosts off and he's going down the road and stuff. Michael Knight goes to set up for a head-on collision with Carr. And Kit and Bonnie are like, what are you nuts? <laughs> you know, you're going to collide with this car. He don't care if he kills anybody or not. He's just made for self-preservation. He don't care about nothing but himself. Well, that's what tipped Michael off. He figured, and he was right, last minute, Carr would be afraid of the collision that would destroy him. So he would turn away. And Carr did. He turned away right off a cliff and exploded. So apparently we thought that was the end of Carr. Well, then in season three, a couple years later, there's a Kit versus Carr episode. This young couple going on around on the beach doing some treasure hunting. And they come across some kind of really huge metal thing. So they start digging in the sand and they uncover Carr. <laughs> we thought he was exploded. But apparently he's whole and they, he activates and, well, he goes under the premise that he's going to set up a heist of an armored truck. But what he was doing was baiting Michael Knight and Kit into a confrontation. Well, when he came back the second time, well, his scanner was faded to a yellow and he had the kid that found him, you know, spray him over the bottom side with silver so he didn't look so much like Kit and helped him steal money from an ATM. And then he uh, had the kid help him crash through the semi so that they could steal the laser that Bonnie was resurrecting to try to extinguish Carr with. So Carr made off with Kit's laser. So in the final confrontation, uh, before they went out, Michael had Bonnie fix up Kit with reflective um, material on his windows. So when they went to the final confrontation and Carr got nose to nose with Kit, so to speak, Carr went to shoot Kit with the laser. Kit pops up his coated window, the laser bounces off and hits Carr right dead center in the scanner. Carr shorts out here and there, and then he decides he's going to ram Kit head on. So Michael figures he'll ram Carr head on, and that's since Carr is at his weakest. Both cars turbo boost, they collide, Carr explodes, Kit comes out fine. Yeah, I know it sounds hard to believe, but it happened. And it's a good thing, I guess. But um, anyway... Car, you see at the end, pieces of him, charred pieces of the vehicle body is all over, spewing everywhere because he's just completely disintegrated. Except at the very end, after Kit and Michael leave, you see Car's CPU box still operating and blinking. So it kind of made you think that Car might be coming back, but that never happened. 
after the fourth season, Knight Rider was canceled, the original series. So I don't know how the whole story of the original car is going to fit into the new series and what they're showing us from Night of the Living Dead. But we're just going to have to wait and see. But I am really glad that somehow, in some form, Carr is coming back. Well, it looks like there's going to be a big shakeup in the Knight Rider cast. Apparently, they're going to reduce the cast by three characters. Um, Bruce Davison, who plays Charles Grayman, Yancey Arias, who plays Alex Torres, and Sidney Portier, who plays Carrie Revai, are said to be leaving the show. Actually, we don't know if they're going to get killed or simply written off, but they're reducing the cast in what Gary Scott Thompson is calling a reboot because they want, he wants to uh, get rid of this terrorist of the week formula and get closer to the original series, what the original series was about, helping the um, regular, normal people against uh, people who operated above the law. So apparently they're just going to reduce the cast by these three characters. Looks like Billy and Zoe are still going to be there, along with Sarah and Mike and Kit, but I don't know what happens to the SSC. We're expecting the backstory will still remain the same, that they'll still acknowledge that those characters were still part of the team or were once a part of the team, but uh, they'll be just focusing on a smaller group and the type of missions will change. So there's still a lot of questions that remain, but as we find out more information, we'll be sure to let you know. Night Industries Research, the website has undergone another update. That's the website off of NBC.com's Knight Rider site. You'd still need a password to get logged in, and of course, Devin and Bonnie could help you with that. We're told that there's another password, though, that unlocks some more contact. Well, we can't figure out what that password would be. The only clues we have is that when Sarah was typing in to Kit in The Night of the Living Dead, she was typing in a password to unlock his backdoor program. Well. It's that password she was typing in that scrambled up that makes the new password. But the thing is, the camera moved away before she got done typing it in, so we're left guessing at what the last two letters are. And then you have to scramble those letters to find the right password. And some have guessed that the password might be Glenn A. Larson. I'm not sure myself. And once you log in, you still have to log in. And like I said, Devin and Bonnie will help you with that one. Hint, hint. But after that, we have no idea where to put in this other password. All I've been told is uh, more clues will be coming up, so you got to keep your eye on the uh, NBC's Knight Rider website in the Knight Writers blog. I suppose they'll be telling us a little more clues there on how to get unlocking some of the other contacts. But they did unlock one thing that you won't need an extra password for, if you go into Alex Torres's personnel files, they have a video clip there from A Hard Day's Night that were cut scenes from the episode. And it shows some of what might have happened to Mike and how Alex Torres might have been involved. Go on over to Night Industries Research website and take a look. Speaking of Night Industries research, in a more real sense, we have some more technology to tell you about. A little bit reminiscent of what you might have seen on the Knight Rider show, but technology that we actually do have today. We're kind of digging up a lot of this stuff, and whenever we find it, we'll let you know. Well, this time around, 
we found Discover Magazine has a uh, article on self-programming machines. They're actually called evolutionary computation. And it's sort of like the checkers software designed by natural selection in the year 2000, where this program, it just provided the computer the rules on how to play checkers. And then the computer program, this evolutionary computation, would be used to form its own strategy on how to win. I always thought that that was the whole point of artificial intelligence versus just programming a set standard of tasks to uh, be triggered during a given situation. I thought that artificial intelligence was more of learning on its own. So I don't really understand how that could be different from evolutionary computation or if they're just the same thing. The technology is there. So when they talked about car being self-programming, well, now you know in real life they have computers that can do that. Also, remember when last podcast we were talking about face recognition technology and different things that are being used today that use face recognition? Well, I just recently got a flyer from Lenovo since I got one of their computers and uh, they're advertising their new idea pads. Now, keep in mind, I'm not plugging the Lenovo or I don't work for them or anything like that, but I thought it was kind of interesting because these new idea pads have built in face recognition. You know how when you have your laptop go into screensaver mode or you close the lid and it goes in sleep mode and then when you come back, if you have it set up like that, it asks you for a password so you can get back into your system kind of as a precaution, kind of try to keep people from nosing in and all that. Well, instead of a password, these new idea pads, they use face recognition. So the computer will recognize your face and just let you in. Now you're thinking, okay. What if somebody else comes along and wants to get in my computer? Well, it won't let them in, but it will store their face so you know who was messing around trying to get in your computer. It's kind of interesting how some of this uh, technology that you're thinking is science fiction because you see it on Knight Rider is actually being developed and some of it you can actually buy in a normal computer. I think you can remember when I was mentioning this new Knight Rider DVD box set that came out with the scanner light in the front. Well, I didn't know back then if the season three corrections were included in this new box set, and I just found out that yes, they are. David Hasselhoff has a new video game, and it's called Pain. Uh, <laughs> I'm not kidding you guys. What you do in this game, apparently, is you take David Hasselhoff and you put him through all kinds of daredevil stunts and stuff, you know, like things like, oh, uh, falling on a car, throwing him around, He's hanging from a helicopter. You know, it's kind of like Second Life 3D type thing, you know. Kind of realistic in some ways. But I don't know, is the object of the game to kill him? Or to see how many stunts he can survive without dying? I have no idea. <laughs> it's kind of interesting, though. It kind of reminds me of a Michael Knight adventure game, only without Kit. I think I know where Kit went. <laughs> He actually ended up at SEMA in Las Vegas, promoting the Mio GPS system. It was a Knight 2000 replica, the Knight 2000 from the original series there, and it looked very nice. In fact, it looked like a fully complete replica, including the interior, the lights, the dash, everything, and the Mio GPS sitting on top of the dash. On Knight Rider Online, we have a couple new things. We just posted an interview of Justin and Deanna talking about the Halloween episode, Night of the Living Dead, and also some of their favorite memories from their childhood. We also got a new exclusive interviews with Paul Campbell, who plays Billy, and Smith Cho, who plays Zoe. 
So go on over to Knight Rider Online's news section and take a look. That's all for now. This podcast has been brought to you by KnightRiderOnline.com. Podcast produced by Neil Epstein. Music by Knight of Finland, Tony Numella. Additional production and music by podcast host, Fuzzy Dice. Special thanks to our field correspondent, Sue, and her trusty car, Shadow. Don't forget, Knight Rider is on Crime Drama Wednesdays on NBC at 8, 7 Central. Goodbye, everyone, and thanks for listening.